You're listening to 66.6 FM Radio TOVH The Flush Well hey there everybody, it's me, Joe Thrash and Kill, and you're listening to another thrilling episode of The Toilet of Hell Radio Show. I'm joined of today's fuck man. I can't even I can't even do this. I'm fucking up all over. Can you help me out here, Jordan? Hi, I'm Jordan. I'm the other guy on Toilet of Hell. Happy spring, everyone. My shit's all fucked up. I know that my audio is bad. It's I'm sitting on a, a step ladder right now resting my laptop on a footstool um i don't have anything available i don't have i can't use anything in my house it's all fucked up so you know we're gonna do our best here but you gotta you gotta light a candle for old joe over here i'm suffering the roaches uh, took over your old place and you've been forced out into the yard essentially uh also like whatever uh we've been cutting into the walls and stuff and it's all going into my lungs and i feel like i might vomit on my laptop at this moment so we're gonna white knuckle through this show folks uh and it's gonna be a good one uh probably probably gonna be a good one just hunched over sweating cursing muttering to yourself it'll be good it's good audio yeah no um i am hunched over right now uh i smell extremely bad uh because i can't shower at the moment uh and uh it's gonna be it's gonna be a great week i think it's gonna be a good week everybody uh how are you how are you jordan i'm doing okay sounds like i'm faring far better than you are just fucking i can't can't catch a break here uh, i wanted to 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 touch on something here uh, i i've seen people uh questioning hey like uh where's where's breno uh why isn't breno on this episode uh you know when you guys are just you two you should be talking about what breno is doing and saying hey i wonder where breno's at uh and that's uh, there's a good reason for that actually uh jordan uh would you like to share the news with uh, everybody uh, as everyone knows breno is the poochie of this show and he went back to his home planet and he died on the way there uh, unfortunately no, I'm, I'm, I'm just kidding. Um, just Breno has decided to take a step back and deal with other things that aren't the show. And we love him very much. There are no problems between any of us. We all still talk. And, um, you know, we shall see what happens. Uh, never say never in this sort of thing. Maybe we'll see him again in the future, possibly for the holiday show or something else coming up, maybe in about uh 50 episodes we have a certain anniversary coming up so uh we'll see what happens but everything's good between all of us so no worries there yeah um breno is kind of taking care of himself which is a good thing uh we should all probably do that but well i'm not going to are you <laughs> hold on let me just remove this feedback of doritos from my face and then i'll get to taking care of myself uh, so we, we love Breno. We are so glad that he did like, fuck, how many episodes? It's like 400 episodes with us, right? Yeah, something like that. He, if people want to go back to the dark days of this show, I think it's something like episode 33, where he joins us as a guest, just as himself, not any part of the show, just showing up for one episode and kind of introducing himself to us and to other people, and that's kind of how the more modern version of this show started. Yeah, I really don't don't recommend you guys go back and listen to those 
those single digit episodes. They just don't do it. <laughs> it took about 100 episodes to get going. Uh, you know, you got to you got to give yourself a chance to get started and all. Um, anyway, uh, Breno recorded a message for uh, all of you guys, and uh, I think it would be prudent uh, to let you guys hear from the man himself. So I'm going to get out of the way for a few minutes and you can hear uh, Breno's sign off message. Here we go. Hey, everybody. It's your boy Breno here. And, uh, you know, I got some, I got what I feel like is some pretty sad news today. I have, uh, I've made the decision to move on from the toilet radio show, the Toilet of Hell podcast. And uh, I've spoken at length with uh, Joe and Jordan uh, about my reasons for that. Um, first, I just want to say that this has absolutely nothing to do with those two or my relationship with those two. There's, there's no falling out. There's, there's and nothing like that. Those are probably the two sweetest, most genuine guys in the entire freaking world. They've done so much for me. They've... Uh, awarded me with this unconditional love and respect every year I've known them. I'm, I'm very happy to call those two, my friends um, definitely has nothing to do with that. Um, there's, there's a lot of reasons, little reasons, personal reasons, um, my life, my time, mental health, what I'm kind of able to handle um, even in terms of just presenting myself uh, to people and having expectations I need to meet for people, things like that. But I would probably say the most major reason I'm going to be moving on is for the past couple years, I just haven't really felt that much into metal music anymore. You know, I don't disrespect any of these bands or think there's any problem with them. You know, I don't think any metal music sucks or anything. It's just, it's not what I'm listening to when I'm driving around in my car. Um, if I'm going to shows, it's not the kind of shows I want to go to anymore. I just kind of fell out of love with it. Um, and I mean, it's always going to be there. I'm still going to have albums that I'm going to want to spin. There's still going to be maybe one or two bands I'm going to want to hear new material from. But when it comes down to it, uh, I just think that if you want to involve yourself in a platform like Toyota of Hell and involve yourself in this kind of a metal show for so many years, you really just have to have an extreme passion for it. And most metalheads I meet are totally passionate about this genre, very passionate about this genre. I don't see a lot of casual uh, flyby listeners in this genre. And that's that's been something I've been kind of struggling with. You You make all your friends out of this music. You find a community in this music. A lot of my very long-term best friends, closest relationships came out of a mutual love for this music. And so I'm kind of going through this really odd, I don't know if I would say it's a crisis in my life, but you know, all of these people who I, I, I've loved and have been family to me my entire life when I go and spend time with them, you know, the, the conversation is inevitably always going to circle back to metal music. They're going to say, hey, have you checked out this album? Have you seen that this show is coming up? Do you want to go to this show with me? Um, hey, do you want to check out this riff I wrote? And hey, did you want to start a band with me? And just it's just it's always like that all of the time for a lot of these guys. You know, a lot of you all have, uh, you know, your personality wrapped up in, in metal music. And that has just kind of not been the case for me 
for a long time. You know, I kind of put on the face and I would go to the shows. You know, I was uh, just trying to have conversations about it on all my social media platforms just because I didn't want to lose anybody. I'm going to be 36 this year. It's just kind of getting to a stage in my life where I don't really have any room for any kind of inauthenticity anymore. I'm, I'm stepping down. And I, I think that Joe and Jordan are an incredible duo. I think if they decide to do this podcast, just the two of them, you're still going to have a really great show. Um, I, I think that they deserve a third host if they are going to get one that is really into this genre, really knowledgeable about what's happening with the genre right now and is just really stoked to do the show with them. I mean, listening back to a lot of my content in the show over the last year or so, I've been I've been really negative. I've been really cynical. I've been really contemptuous towards the genre. I didn't really sit and evaluate why so much. I just kind of kept tearing into it and this subculture, whatever you want to call it, it deserves it just deserves better. It doesn't deserve my ire. It doesn't you the, the thing that you guys love and know doesn't deserve to have me bitching about it, like always going on about the music industry or the music itself or the fashion choices. I mean, um, I'm just I'm just ripping into it because I'm I'm slowly starting to just grow away from it. And that's okay. And you guys staying in it, if if it's something that you love for the rest of your lives, that's fucking awesome, man. I'm I'm more than happy for that. I've I've rambled on long enough. I really, really appreciate everything that Joe and Jordan have done for me, but I appreciate you guys for listening. I appreciate you guys for um, reaching out to me and, and speaking your opinions and you know saying that I did things and said things on the other side of the world from you that, that made your day better and, and made you smile and made you laugh when you were having a bad time. I've, I've gotten those kind of messages and you know that, that I'm, I'm never going to lose that. That's always going to mean the universe to me. So I love you guys. I really do. And I will never forget the show. I've been on it since 2016. That's almost seven years now. Um, cause I did it, I think in November and, uh, I was on episode 33 of the show. We are now in the four hundreds. I have done hundreds of episodes. I, I wish everybody the best. I, I hope the show goes on to do great things. And, and more than anything, one last time for me, whether I do it or not, keep it fucking metal, bros. Love you. See ya. Bye. Again, big love, big thanks to Breno. Uh, he has brought a lot to this show. Uh, I think specifically my favorite thing that he's done is uh, all of the song parodies uh, over the years. And he showed me how to do those now, so I just have to stop being lazy and do those myself. <laughs> Once you have... A- a habitat you could live in, then you can work on the funny things. But uh, we can leave the memories alone and still enjoy the Tommy Vex songs and the Kotak Attack and a few other choice gems. Always, always a delight. So again, thanks, Breno, and hopefully we'll get to we'll get to hear his voice on this show again in the future. Maybe we'll see. Uh, okay, well, let's go ahead uh, now that we have our touchy feely stuff out of the way. Do you want to make fun of metal nerds? That's what we're good at. Yeah, that's literally the only reason anybody listened to this show, I think. Uh, a lot of things to start, a lot of things to choose from here. 
Uh, is there any place in particular you want to start? Uh, we could talk about what I think is the funniest story of the week. And someone we haven't spoken about in quite a while, but uh, has been hovering around national security news for about two years. Hmm. And th- that would be Michael Graves, formerly of, as everyone remembers, Gotham Road. <laughs> Uh, yes, that band everyone knows and loves, Gotham Road. Uh, yeah, he, well, I mean, I guess he was also in the Misfits for a long time, actually. Um, five, only five years, it turns out. He did two albums with them, and in those five years, he left the band once because it sounded like they didn't want to pay him anything, which <laughs> is pretty much in line with what we know about JerryOnlyInc.com. Um, and also, they said that like, he didn't want to get swole like they were. He didn't want to get swole. That's, oh, no, that's a huge red flag. Uh, no other red flags on his character, though, just that one. And that's why if you, you could find on YouTube real grainy footage of the Misfits played a tour in South America where they had a vocalist just for this tour with the biggest devil lock you've ever seen. Uh, he went by the name Mike Hideous. And he did the one tour with the band, and then Michael Graves came back, did Famous Monsters with them. They wrestled in WCW. Oh, yeah. They were in Big Money Hustlers with ICP, oh, yeah. and then disappeared for about 20 years. Uh, yeah, that you know wasn't exactly the heyday of the band, but it wasn't nothing either. They were doing big things. They were on Roadrunner Records, and you know, there's plenty of people who were born way after the initial Misfits broke up, will insist that the Dancing Misfits is better. That's your choice. That's up for debate, whatever you want. But they had their revival. They had success. And they're still selling their Crimson Ghost T-shirts to this day and uh, little Funko Pop figures of whoever. So it worked out, all things considered. And since then, uh, like I said, he left in 2000. For 23 years, he's been still painting his face with the skull, and he's been leeching off of their name with countless new projects and side bands, whether it's Gotham Road or it's just the Michael Graves experience featuring Michael Graves <laughs> playing uh, acoustic and piano soft versions of classic misfit songs. He's still desperately trying to make a little bit of scratch off of their name. And I do remember he... In the early 2000s, after he left the band during the height of the Iraq War, he was on The Daily Show yeah. in full face paint, talking about how much it kicks ass to be a punk rock conservative. I remember that clip pretty well. Uh, that's that's a pretty silly thing uh, to be about, but uh, you know, I, I'm glad that he left all of that behind in the early 2000s after the sheen of the Iraq War had died off. Yeah, he's no he's no rhino anymore. (laughs) He's a full on proud boy to the point where he is now testifying on their behalf. Ooh. So what is this? What what did you see this week? So this is an article on Reuters, which Mm. is a real news organization. It's Mm. just like the AP. They despite they do have their own problems, but they're fairly trusted in comparison to a lot of places had an article on March 20th. A former singer for the punk rock band The Misfits testified on behalf of five far-right Proud Boys members on Monday that he was asked to perform for them on the afternoon of January 6th, 2021. Evidence their lawyer said shows they had no intention to help, the, to help attack the Capitol that day. 
Michael Graves, lead singer of The Misfits from 1995 to 2000, acknowledged that members of the Proud Boys may have been guilty of trespassing on Capitol grounds, but he said he did not believe they had any intention of targeting Congress. I know for a fact there was not some elaborate plan to take over the Capitol that day on January 6th, he told the 12-member jury at the Proud Boys trial. I mean, I do, too, pretty, because I saw that shit. It was pretty <laughs> it was pretty disorganized. You guys were just like taking a dump in Nancy Pelosi's office or whatever. There was no no cohesive plan here. <laughs> no one decided to take a bit to any curtains or anything like that. It was just like, yeah. we're in. Now what? Uh, mill about a little bit, take a flag and then just kind of file off to your hotel that you have with six other people uh, in Maryland. Um, but it continues. It was the first day of defense testimony following 40 days of government evidence and testimony in the longest running January 6th trial to date. The U.S. Ooh. Justice Department has charged the five with the rarely prosecuted crime of seditious conspiracy <laughs> and the assault by Trump supporters on the Capitol to prevent lawmakers from certifying Trump's November 2020 election loss to Joe Biden. Graves said one of the five, Ethan Nordian had invited him to play a concert at a home the Proud Boys had rented in Washington. The concert ultimately never happened, but defense lawyers hope Graves' testimony will help prove their clients had no intention of attacking the Capitol. Graves said the group believed a concert would, quote, keep people off the streets and keep people out of trouble. Oh my God. We wanted to keep everybody safe, said Graves. In a Reuters interview in March 2021, he said he and his manager later ghosted his Proud Boy friends on January 6th and left Washington as chaos engulfed the Capitol. The Proud Boys' former leader, Henry Enrique Tario, and fellow members, Nordian, Joseph Biggs, Dominic Pozzola, and Zachary Real, are accused of plotting to use force to block Congress from certifying Joe Biden's election. And it's also worth pointing out that wasn't Tario a government informant during all of this? Yep, because he would go conveniently go missing when uh, things were happening, right? <laughs> yeah, he was conveniently in jail a couple days before this happened. Yeah, wild. What what is this teen center bullshit? We got to keep our kids off the street and you know engaged in a positive activity. It's like these guys are fucking forty five years old. Fucking a, you have to hire hire this guy again like this is bullshit nobody's hiring michael graves to do anything much less sit there and pluck out die die my darling on a fucking acoustic guitar it's just it's a really convenient thing like um yeah our buddy that's in this uh, violent gang with us uh who also happens to be a musician kinda uh he was there so of course he was gonna play a concert it's fucking horseshit you they, they were advertising then the days before they had flyers for this concert i remember seeing it and if the prosecution even wants to bother questioning his character, remember we talked about he had a podcast for like a month. Oh shit! And yeah, fuck. Yeah, and I forgot was, about that. And was talking all about his proud boy stuff there. So uh, just because no one told you, Michael Graves, doesn't mean that this wasn't being planned. Yeah, I feel like he's gonna perjure himself with just like, well, they asked me to fill these old beer bottles with gasoline and oily <laughs> rags, but they didn't tell me what it was being used for. What's the big deal? Um, yeah, it, the funniest thing here uh, is, of course, he he ends up in jail for perjury. I think that, you know, getting charged maybe as an accessory to sedition would also be extremely funny. But, you know, I'm not going to I'm not going to hold my breath on that one. It's like I, I believe you that no one told you this, but that's probably because they don't trust you. Yeah. Yeah. Like maybe he hasn't been jumped in like the other losers. Uh, he's just hanging around hoping that one day, one day I'll get to be a real proud boy. <laughs> 
Again, he how, old is, uh, how old is Michael Graves? He's got to be in his mid-40s. Yeah. They uh, just haven't paddled his ass enough to be in the super-secret no-homers club. Yeah. What is their, their uh, fucking... God damn, what is the the... God, what is the ceremony like where you get jumped into the Proud Boys? Like you chug a beer while yelling off the names of cereals? Like I'm, I'm not making this up. It's something like that. Something like that and not jerking off. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You got to drink beer and don't jerk off. That's like uh, and also fight strangers in the street. Those are the uh, <laughs> the, the ideals that the uh, the apex of the Western male believes in. <laughs> Michael Graves is 48 years old. Jesus fucking Christ. I don't think you're allowed to be a proud boy at that point. You're a proud middle-aged man. You're a sad man. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I don't know, man. What do, what do you make of all this? Are these guys actually going to go to jail? I, it's so hard to say. I mean, to us, yes, it is pretty obvious. Um, I don't know what a jury would think. I don't know. These... Uh, probably not sedition charges, maybe something less. We can only hope. I, I remember um, maybe like a month or two before uh, the January 6th thing, I went to a fucking auto zone because I needed to fix my truck. And the guy at the counter just has a giant uh, upside down Proud Boys tattoo on his forearm. But the guy just, he looked like he was falling apart, man. Looked like he might die there on the spot. I'm like, God. What if this guy got this gang tattoo, but he wasn't actually officially a part of it? <laughs> I'm sure there's people like that too. They they bought into some whatever. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna be manly men. We're gonna go out into the woods and uh, eat tree bark, and then we'll take back this country. And then some minor stuff actually went 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 down against them, and they're just stuck working at AutoZone, looking like they're desperate for a wank. Yeah, no, 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 real, real loser shit. I mean, I, I'm well aware of like who I am and what I do. I feel like, I feel like if uh, if I'm saying that this is some loser shit, you gotta listen to me. <laughs> it's like people who run Twitter accounts uh, with Greek statues talking about the good old days, like they wouldn't have been beaten to death back then. I love the the good old days return guys because it's nothing but like ads from comic books in the 1950s, like it, back. Back in the, the the glory days of this, you know, beautiful country, you could mail in 50 cents and get a pair of glasses that would let you look at a woman's panties. <laughs> and you could uh, get a little joy buzzer and shake someone's hand and everyone had a good <laughs> laugh and then got mercury poisoning. Yeah, yeah. And back, back then we prayed in school and we had families of fully clothed sea monkeys <laughs> they were also very patriotic <laughs> having moon parties in outer space <laughs> um yeah real real loser shit i don't know like this this all goes back to like you have you have nothing going on in your life right like there's no positive influences or feedback anywhere so this is the kind of thing that you want to you want to get attached to it's Divorced energy with yellow T-shirts and picking fights with people smaller than you. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> the whole thing um, of these guys basically getting more or less uh, free reign to go city to city and fight the locals uh, across them from uh, 
local law enforcement. Uh, that combined with Enrique Terrio obviously being some kind of informant. Like, I don't know what any of this really is, but I know that it's fucked up. And if you get associated with it, you're probably a moron. <laughs> That's a fair assessment. I yeah. don't disagree with any of that. Or you become a cop. So, you know, yes, one or the right. other. Yep. Yep. Uh, well, I, I wish, uh, I wish the best for Michael Graves here. Uh, I don't see his, uh, his star, uh, ever returning to form ever again, especially not after this though. Uh, what do you think? What are his prospects like after this? His prospects are seething and clenching his teeth as the Misfits play sold out arena shows all over the country every couple of months. Yeah. I saw that they're doing, uh, some shows with, uh, Megadeth. And AFI, uh, which is pretty. That's gonna that's gonna be a big sold out show wherever it is. I don't think that's a combined show. I think those are two separate shows. Oh uh, really? Yeah. Damn. That's a shame. I would have. I would like to see the uh, um, drunk dad energy of Megadeth fans meeting up with the uh, sad dad energy of AFI fans. <laughs> Dave Mustaine comes out for a cover of Sing the Sorrow. I would love that. Not a, yeah, I, I think that's uh, that's the crossover event that we're all waiting to see. So follow. <laughs> um, did you see that? Do you know who Hideo Kojima is? Uh, yeah, video game guy. Yeah, yeah, he did like the Metal Gear Solid games and right. stuff like that. Uh, I saw a tweet this week where he uh, he he got. Um, Sony Japan sent him a copy of uh, Lorna Shore's new album, and he's apparently a big fan of it. You see this shit, man? It's everywhere. This is all marketing. It's all planned. Uh, money is being exchanged hands. We will give you X money, Hideo Kojima, if you talk about this band that we're pushing very hard. I don't know. This this all stinks to me. This this uh, this Hideo Kojima, he's, he seemed like a straight shooter before, but with this... He's on my questionable list. So uh, continue. Uh, stick with us for Lorna Shore Watch 2023. We are going to get to the bottom of this one way or another. If we get uh, the big six Project Vengeance music in the next Metal Gear Solid video, then we know. Yep. Yep. There, there's something going on here. We will uncover it. We are uh, not journalists, but journalists adjacent. <laughs> Who are Lorna Shore's parents? We need to know. <laughs> if you look them up do they have their own wikipedia page we gotta find out i need to know um okay moving on a little bit uh we had covered this story over the past couple of weeks uh bands uh playing over in europe and saying you know what we're not selling any fucking merch uh because fuck you dude like you're taking you're taking a fat cut of this for absolutely no benefit to us so we're just not going to do it uh, who, who was it before? Architects? Uh, there's like Architects, Cult of Luna has spoken out about it, Igor has spoken out about it, and uh, our friends over in Chemist also uh, spoke out about it too, um, through uh, multiple tweets just kind of explaining what the situation is and like what can be done, what can't be done, including talking about like why it's not the best idea to sell gear out of your van after the show because – contract issues and venue issues so understand why um man damn the man damn the man i still think you should do it but i understand just sign a contract you don't want to get banned for life especially from some of these venues that are all connected uh 
I guess. But man, fuck these venues. Seriously, do do what you need to do to get to the next place. Uh, this is this is nonsense to me. Uh, anyway, Russian circles are in the news this week uh, because they decided to not sell merch at a show in Paris, saying that um, the venue had hired somebody to sell merch for them, uh, who were going to take a 25% cut of all sales and also withhold that 20% value-added tax. And I'm going to go ahead and throw it out there, man. What the fuck is a value-added tax? You can't just do that. You have to present the value in order to add the tax. That's what I'm saying. Uh, so that seems like a pretty big cut there. I would say uh, in that circumstance, you are justified to sell merch out of your tr- out of your out of your car. It's fine uh, because otherwise they're just basically taking every shred of profit you would have on this thing. Or alternatively, you give out merchandise for free, but people tip you money. Now that's interesting. That's like um, uh, the Dry County liquor law workaround. You're like, yeah, we can't sell it, but you can uh, <clears throat> you can leave me a little tip here if I give you a free beer. <laughs> we know how Europeans feel about tipping when they come to the United States. So. Jesus Christ! Oh, I, I can't do maths after I've had a, a drink at the pub. <laughs> so, what do you think? Um, is this going to keep happening or, um, or is there going to be any, any success here? I think it's going to keep happening. Uh, you know, what's interesting that we haven't heard about this taking place in the U S I'm sure it does happen, but maybe it's more reasonable or people are afraid to do it. Like, I don't know. It's a curious little thing where it all seems to be a European issue right now. I think it does happen in the U S but it's really, um, something that only happens at larger venues um so maybe it's it's something where a band like russian circles they're never gonna have to fucking deal with like uh somebody trying to take a big cut at cowboy stadium or wherever you know yeah maybe that's it or maybe just the cut is more reasonable that could be it too you know price uh, of doing business but, uh, other than being gouged you know people will give up their 15% but they won't do 25% plus an added 5% vats 5% linen changing fee you know this isn't an airbnb you can't just charge me 250 bucks because you changed out some pillowcases uh that's the whole thing about fees yes they can <laughs> <laughs> they can and there's nothing we can do about it because the organizations that run these companies or that do their lobbying also give money to our elected officials. Yeah, and even if they didn't give money to our elected officials, I think our elected officials are just in it for the love of the game. <laughs> they just love squeezing us any way possible. Yeah, yeah, like I just, from no benefit to me whatsoever, I just love the free market, man. I love helping, I love helping business. It's so good. It's my favorite fucking thing. I can hug and kiss it. So squeezing me like an orange until there's nothing left. (laughs) Um, So that's I don't know. That's uh, I'm glad that these guys are, you know, withholding. They're saying enough enough. Enough is enough. I hope that this continues. I hope that, you know, anybody that tries to take another take another pound of flesh from bands that, again, are barely making ends meet, if they even are like go to hell. There's nothing more for him. Get get fucked. So uh, good good for Russian circles. No no problems with them whatsoever, right? 
definitely not any problems whatsoever. And I'm going to stop talking right now. <laughs> it's well, it seems like you have something else you want to say here. So you've finished up with some of the funnier things to talk about. Um, oh, boy. Now something a little bit more serious, unfortunately. Uh, oh, fuck. Uh, it's that time. We're halfway into the show. It's bound to happen. God damn it. Henry Cohen of Millets. Are you familiar with Millets or Milets? This is, this is a new one for me, man. Yeah, I am not familiar. Uh, I assume it's a band. It could be some sort of health drink. I don't know. But uh, Henry Cohen of Milets fame has publicly come forward with a statement against Sergeant House founder Kathy Pello and a loose associate of the label, Graham Flegenheimer. Uh, he posted he posted a video and people can find this. It's on YouTube. You could look up either Henry Cohen with a K or Millets. You'll find it. It has been shared around on Twitter fairly extensively over the past couple of days. So it's out there. If you're good at spelling, you can also search Grammy Fliegenheimer. <laughs> yeah, it's spelled just how you would pronounce it. <laughs> So uh, in this video, he talks at length about an incident in 2015 where he was uh, assaulted by Graham Flegenheimer at a communal residence shared by Sergeant House employees. And upon telling this to Kathy Pillow, he was met with silence and later uh, degradation. Excuse me. Um, Not going to go through all the things that he said, but this is apparently something that's been going on for quite a while. Kathy and other people at Sergeant House have been turning a blind eye to this or ostracizing people within their own circle and bands on their label. Um, you could watch the video on your own if you want to get more information about it. Um, so can you give me just heads up overview? It's great. Grammy Flagenheimer uh, had assaulted this guy from Milets, right? And then. Right. While he was, I believe, staying either at Sergeant House place or, or with these people. So he then goes to the label head, Kathy, and says, yo, this this happened, and then gets the high hat, essentially. Uh, and Grammy is welcomed back as a guest of honor at dinner the next night. So uh, basically, she's she's made it very clear like i don't care that this happened to you grammy is my boy uh, with a you know I get, with a name like grammy flagenheimer it's got to be good right uh what's how long when did this happen i believe somewhere around thursday okay and in the time since uh i have seen a couple of artists talk about this i've certainly seen a bunch of uh fans online uh talking about this uh, what what has happened from there? Well, Sergeant House, they're not quite a metal label. It's post whatever heavy music sometimes, sometimes not. I think currently they have like Brutus is on Sergeant House, The Armed Botch. Um, I think Russian Circles, a couple others. I know Red Sparrows worked with them in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, and Chelsea Wolf put out a instagram post not that long ago saying i no longer work with kathy pillow i left last summer for my mental health uh let's see king woman had kind of piggybacked off that saying i second this i also left a few years ago and Kristen hater from lingua ignota 
had left a message on her Instagram saying, I've been working very hard to make my life as healthy and happy as possible. A big part of that equation meant ending my relationship with Kathy Pillow, who I did last year. I am focusing on my future and will be going into detail about my experiences, but I stand in unequivocal support of the artists and employees speaking out. I am grateful to be free and healing. Hmm. It seems that people have opinions about this Kathy Pillow lady. Yeah, including Brian Cook of Botch and Russian Circles. And whereas some of these previous people we just spoke about have maybe not necessarily addressed the specifics of this video or these accusations, they talk about how they all left a year ago and things are better now because of it. And uh, in comparison, Brian Cook, who's the basis of Botch and Russian Circles, talked about the abusive allegations with kind of a shrug of yeah i know the label had problems but i didn't see any of it so <laughs> there you go it's wow. just a very weird thing to like come out and say and to also see people being like yes i agree wholeheartedly clap 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 this is amazing uh <laughs> what an odd thing to throw out there i guess um maybe just don't make a statement if you're <laughs> if you're gonna fucking blow it <laughs> and yeah I'll, I'll just read through some of it just so people can kind of to understand what I'm talking about. He says, I've been a Sergeant House artist for 17 years. I'm friends with a bunch of the artists and employees, past and present. I know who slept with who, who's mad at who, who lied to who, who has been privately talking to who. I know so much pretty, so much petty drama and dirt that you don't. Kathy can be blunt and uncouth, but I've never witnessed anything warranting public outrage. Maybe I'm just lucky. Conversely, I've seen her routinely bail people out of bad situations. She's housed people, paid medical bills, co-signed mortgages, talked people off of ledges. In many instances, I know why certain people were let go and why other people have chosen to leave over the years. Sometimes the private grievances don't line up with the public explanations, but I'm not privy to any scandals. I know which shit adds up and which shit doesn't. And I still don't know what the hell is actually going on, but I know people fear internet mobs more than anything right now. Oh, my God. Just as an aside, that's not true. Fucking moron. So if you want a public statement, here it is. I applaud people for being angry given the information they have at hand, but I don't know what's actually going on. Then consider that maybe you don't have the full picture either, and I'm not casting stones until I know who I can actually trust in this mess. Sorry for the cryptic thread. Been living in the most convoluted and crappy soap opera this last week. And I'm just trying to assume the best about all my friends in this situation, but a bunch of shit isn't lining up. Thank you for your input. <laughs> Thank you for your week old room temperature glass of milk take on this. This sucks, man. Like, uh, th- this statement is, is so self aggrandizing as well. It's like, yeah, I know a bunch of shit you don't know about, but this, well, I don't know about it. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck are you talking about then? Shut up. <laughs> This is, he, he's always been cool to me. That's essentially what's happening, yeah. yeah. I think it's also worth pointing out is I think Sergeant House is putting out botch re-releases. Either it's out already or coming out very soon, so take that into account. Hmm, I wonder if he would have anything to gain by not selling this relationship on the eve of a big payday. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, this is a question for somebody much smarter than me, perhaps. Yeah, no one, no other label could possibly put out the re-releases for this. 
Yeah. Um, well, I'm, I'm sure that this is a thing like, fuck, we've already paid for all of this. Like we've, we've set the release schedule. It'd be a huge pain in the ass to do it somewhere else now. Should I get it? But maybe just stay quiet. Maybe don't say a yeah. fucking thing. Yeah, you could not say anything. It's free to not do anything right now. And that probably would have been a lot better than whatever this rambling tweet statement was. Yeah, you should have. Okay, dude, you have friends that have done things and you have friends that haven't done things. Now what? Yeah, Uh, this this one would have benefited from being a draft that you then trashed. Um, So I don't know, man. What do you you make of this uh, Kathy Pello? Well, she's out. She's no longer part of Sergeant House. So people can assume what they want to assume in this situation. She left a lengthy statement a couple days ago that people can read. um, And you can, I guess, make your own decisions or you could do the smart thing and be quiet about it and let the people who were there and experienced things tell their story. Uh, I mean, I guess that uh, that makes sense. Uh, I would really like to hear from uh, Grammy Flegelhorn uh, in all of this uh, to, to to hear this this fellow's take on his the allegations against him. Uh, as for for Kathy Pello, like uh, who's who's going to take over the sergeant house then? I guess there will be some other sergeant house people doing the thing like part part of the reason why they came out with the statement is uh, like sergeant house also tweeted out something or instagrammed out something along the lines of she's not involved with the social media please leave us alone <laughs> please, stop, please stop yelling at us uh i love that that please don't i didn't do anything <laughs> they don't pay me enough what else you got what else is happening in the world of metal this week uh, we talked a little bit about this on our Patreon episode, patreon.com slash of hell. If people want to check out this month's episode, we do part two of our label ball series where we take over Napalm Records and we cut the fat. We get rid of some bands that are dead weight. We keep the ones that we think are going to make money, the ones that we like. And we also ponder how a, one label can have so many pirate metal bands on it at God, one time. God, it's so many fucking pirate metal bands. It sucks, dude. More than one is too many, and they have more than a couple. So, uh, But also part on th- this episode, we touch on Mudvayne going on tour with Cold Chamber, Guar, Nonpoint, and Butcher Babies, and we kind of furrowed our brows and are not sure if they're actually going to be filling these amphitheaters and centers that they're playing on this upcoming tour. Yeah, uh, so for example, in in my neck of the woods, uh, I'm hearing ads on the radio for the big Mudvayne show uh, that's going to be held at uh, like the place that I saw the Misfits a few months back. Um, And I... I can tell you the relative popularity of the Misfits, but I don't think I can tell you the same for Mudvayne, especially in this uh, 2023 year. What say you? Can can they do it? I don't think they can. Maybe in some of the more rural areas or places that don't get concerts as much or where like new metal's still alive and a thing, but I can't see them selling out like just outside of Boston at the Xfinity Center, 
for uh, depending on how much tickets are in surcharges. I don't know, fifty bucks to see Mudvayne and Guar and Cold Chamber. I'd, maybe I'm wrong. Uh, I just to me, it seems very much like a a club show, a big club. To be fair, yeah. Mudvayne hasn't has been gone for a long time. The one time I saw them, they played in like a roller skating arena or a roller <laughs> hockey place. It was like a, it was called the Rexplex in New Jersey, and it's like where they had Hellfest. So it was a big area, to be fair. But uh, I don't know. And like, it's not even their first tour because they already played a bunch of shows last year, including when Chad Gray had COVID, and lots of people were talking about how his voice was shot then. Perhaps it's better now. Maybe with this lineup, it's enough people to to come out. I don't know how many people are dying to see Cold Chamber in the year of our Lord 2023. Especially after they've already kind of juiced their reunion dry. Yeah, they did like a world reunion tour five years ago, maybe four years ago. I think they put out an album through Napalm of all places. And then they like kind of broke up again. They're like, yeah, we're done. We're not doing this again. Yeah, um... I don't know, man. This uh, this Mudvayne thing, I guess it makes sense. Um, I mean, Hell Yeah is essentially not going to happen again because, you know, uh, Vinnie Paul is dead. And Chad Gray has to do something to make money. Uh, so he has that other band he did years ago. So it makes sense. I just think that he's... Um, he's hoping for something that I just, I just don't see happening. This band at the height of their fame in the 2000s would have never filled up this this venue over by me uh i, I just don't i don't see it happening then uh cold chamber especially not either <laughs> yeah it's like i said if this was in a club i think they would sell out most of their shows big amphitheaters that can hold i don't know 2000 people unless it's real cheap i don't think so especially like Hearing ads on the radio for this thing, too, like, who, th- these stations never, ever played Mudvayne, uh, even back in the day, and they're certainly not doing it now. What's uh, what's going on here? Where, what is this huge push? I think there's just so few rock radio stations around now that if you're going to advertise, you're going to advertise on any of them. There's, you know, not your local metal station anymore, your local alt rock. It's just whatever you have is good enough. And we're willing to buy 30 seconds of airtime and play 10 seconds of dig and have a guy with that type of radio voice and come in to the beer center, Mudvayne, Cold Chamber and others. Big truck. (laughs) Yeah, essentially, you've heard the same ad that I have. Um, Gore really is just sticking out like a sore thumb on this on this tour as well. Uh, they should they, they can do better. <laughs> yeah, just get your half hour Gore set, play "Sick of You," a couple songs off their latest album, and spray some people with syphilis infected urine, and everyone goes home happy and sticky. Yeah, it's uh, it's just an odd thing to put in the middle of a show, and then you got to go back to you know the new metal. The new metal show, a bunch of guys putting on their face paint and, uh, you know, crop tops and stuff, I guess. <laughs> it's, uh, it's it's it just doesn't fit is what I'm saying. Um, but I've been I've been listening to the radio over the last week. Why? I don't know. I, I was just looking around to see what the stations were in this town because I haven't done that yet. 
and it is depressing the current state of things i would say there are four or five uh quote-unquote rock radio stations uh here how many think you got where you're at one one and it's classic rock yeah well we got we have a, a classic rock station as well but we also have a station called something the alternative uh which is playing the same exact songs with no difference whatsoever from the alternative quote unquote rock radio station when I was 13. <laughs> so you're getting Red Hot Chili Peppers, yep. Pearl Jam, Foo yep. Fighters, Soundgarden. Yep. yep. Uh, no, not even, not, not even Soundgarden. It's nothing <sighs> but like Audio Slave. <laughs> uh, Soundgarden might as well have never existed according to the, the radio. It's just Audio Slave. Um, there is a station called in the indie, uh, which is the exact same thing as the, <laughs> the alternative rock radio station. Uh, and as, as far as I can tell, everything has pretty much been uh, dead and dipped in amber since I'm going to say the year 2002, maybe the year 2003. Uh, what? How about you with your classic rock radio station? Like it's, you know, you got your Led Zeppelin on the hour, your mandatory Metallica, right? Exactly. Your Twisted Sister. Occasionally you'll get a Foo Fighters song. Mm-hmm. Occasionally Red Hot Chili Peppers, Pearl Jam Soundgarden. Uh, on the real rare chance, you might get Danzig Mother. Uh, you might get like Judas Priest breaking the law. Um, the only times like the station is actually tolerable is when they have a metal show every Saturday night at midnight. Um, they do a decent job for actual terrestrial radio, all things considered, and like House of Hair with D. Snyder because he'll occasionally play Iron Maiden or Dokken or something like that. Some Rainbow, where it's like, oh, all right, cool. It's not the one song that may get played on the radio. This is fine. But other than that. The best I could hope for is like college radio stations. Yeah, uh, I guess I'm out of luck with college radio stations where I'm at because I, I was looking. I was trying to find something. Couldn't find anything. As it is, I, the, it's depressing. Like, I don't know how anybody can listen to this. Like, are you not sick of hearing the same Red Hot Chili Peppers songs? It's music for people that are allowed to have a radio in their office. And that's the best they could hope for, or it's doctors and dentists um, offices, or it's for like contractors and construction workers that need something to listen to. I just uh, it's so easy to listen to something else. I, I don't know how why you wouldn't, because it's so grating. I, I don't want to hear a sublime song ever again. And ever yet, again. And yet, if I turn on my radio right now, I will. There are odds, chances of me hearing a a Sublime song are like two and three. <laughs> he has been dead for thirty years. They don't even it play this t- stuff with Rome. Rome <laughs> might as well not exist. It's just poor Rome. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't. I I, I can't. Uh, I can't fathom this stuff. I I feel suffocated by it and yet i still haven't switched back to bluetooth so i can listen to music on my phone uh, i guess i'm just kind of uh, a glutton for punishment here i want to see how many times they play uh scar tissue over like the the next hour and it's going to be more than once <sighs> do you ever do this to yourself do you torture yourself with the local radio station 
Yeah, sometimes, because uh, I don't really have to drive that far. So it's just like, well, do I want to put an actual song on? Nah, I'll just put on whatever's on the radio. Oh, this sucks. Changing it to NPR. Oh, this is depressing. Change it to the other NPR. Oh, this is depressing. Sports radio. This is racist. Sports radio. This is sexist. <laughs> All right, I'm turning it off. Uh, that's, that is the radio station experience everywhere across the nation right now, I think. I mean, it makes sense why... Sirius XM like took off for a little while when it first came out, but of course now your phone is your radio, so even that's dead too. But I, I just can't believe that terrestrial radio in its current form still exists. Uh, like it has to be profitable on some level, otherwise it wouldn't. But like the number of people listening, it's got to be d- down to barely anything. It's all beer advertisements and like local shitty car salesman that's keeping it afloat still essentially yeah like newspapers same with newspapers it's just the advertising that's keeping them alive but eventually like who is it it's nobody is going to be listening because other than like uh i guess like you said people that are just clinging on to anything in their offices <laughs> you know there's i worked at a place where you weren't allowed to have your cell phone with you so, or oh. like the, the most they could let you have back then was like an iPod. So at least you had that. But if you didn't have one, like you just sat in silence while you worked. So a radio, I guess, is better than nothing. I guess that's a real Sophie's choice there. It's like, do you want to listen to the sound of like fluorescent lights buzzing ahead of you? Or do you want to hear more of the Red Hot Chili Peppers? And I got to say, I don't know. Uh, I'm going to go fluorescent light for right now. Uh, well, I think that looking at this, it makes a lot more sense why uh, guitar-based music is essentially dead with the youth, right? Like, there's nothing new being played here. Yeah, you can't find it. I, you know, it's easy. It's easier now to find anything you want thanks to the internet, but you still have to find it. Yeah, uh, you, you know, you don't have as much guidance as there was back when people had a lot of different radio stations to listen to, MTV, VH1, Much Music. Like, uh, you know, now you can find the most specific thing you want. You want tech death about hockey, there's probably a band out there that does it. I would like to hear that. But if you want, like, a good alt-rock song from a band you've probably never heard of, you probably won't be able to find it unless it's pure luck because there's – there's no greater force putting in enough effort to try to reach those ears. I know that we talk about the short-sighted nature of basically everybody involved in the entertainment industry, but it's there's nothing clearer to me. Like you have, you have this huge uh, infrastructure set up. Like you could put a push on new music, you just refuse to. <laughs> And that's why they're buying up all of these old established artists' discographies because they know it's safe money and they could easily just loan out their music to any Marvel movie that comes along and they'll make a bunch of money back that way. Why try something new and build off it for 20 years and have a success when you can just make your couple million tomorrow? It makes sense. Uh, For example, you know, if I buy Sublime's catalog, I know that iHeartRadio is going to put that money right back in my pocket with how many times they play wrong way on radio stations across the country per day. (laughs) Uh, 
real depressing stuff, man. Real, real bummer. So the reason why we talked about the Mudvayne tour specifically is because of Cold Chamber. And a story came out this past week talking about Dez Fafara, vocalist of Devil Driver, and Cold Chamber. Apparently was like at death's door with COVID in 2021. Oh. What's, uh, I didn't realize that he came, came that close to dying. What was going on? So he put out a comment. Um, so with Cold Chamber, I think it was Cold Chamber. It might have been Devil Driver. No, Devil Driver was going to be playing Bloodstock Open Air Festival. And the band had to drop out of that show because Dez is getting advice from his doctors that it is dangerous for him to fly because he has some sort of lingering heart condition from COVID. Ooh. And uh, he put out a lengthy statement. Hello, Bloodstalkers. This is Dez from Devil Driver. In 2021, I came down with COVID, which left me with heart problems. I had to live downstairs in my house as I could barely walk more than a few feet without collapsing. I, in fact, was saying goodbye to my family at the time and didn't think I would pull through. I took 2022 off and very slowly started to walk one block, then two blocks, and had to fight my way back very hard. It took me 14 months to get to a point where I could perform again on stage. My cardiologist, who saved my life, has asked me not to take any long flights this year at all as we monitor the situation. It has been a very long road for myself and my family, but I am returning to form. Even on tour in the U.S. now with Devil Driver, I think they just finished up their tour with Cradle of Filth. I must do the show, then go straight to my bunk to rest, as I still have inflammation in my lower heart, and it's and it's that what's preventing me from taking flights overseas. Ooh. So there's the heaviest of hearts. The Devil Driver must pull down a long-awaited bloodstock performance. I'm sorry if this causes inconvenience. Blah 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 blah. So we're still touring the U.S. Just can't get on a plane with pressurized cabins and all sorts of turbulence and problems and just general <laughs> heart strains that flying gives everyone. Um, so this is probably something that maybe he should have told people in 2021 back when, you know, COVID was still taken seriously. And yeah. maybe warning some people would have helped out people stay safe. Maybe. Um, so probably probably could have helped if he got that out there, but I understand maybe not wanting to share your health problems. It sounds like maybe pericarditis or something like that, which can be a precursor to heart failure. Um, I know a nurse who got, who is in heart failure right now due to getting COVID. Uh, one of those cool little twists that may or may not happen when you get sick. So really, really fun, fascinating thing. Um, it sounds pretty bad, man. It sounds it sounds super serious. Yeah, and we're you still hear stories on local and national news about people with long COVID and having all sorts of problems, whether it's heart, brain, lungs, kidney functions, liver, like all sorts of stuff, and they they really don't seem to be able to nail down what to do or why it's happening or ways to fix or help any of this. So it's still scary stuff. And um, it's it's especially strange because the view uh, among like healthcare professionals, or at least the folks that I work with, is they view COVID as something in the past tense. Like this is no longer an issue, uh, even though you could. I was pretty sure I had it this morning. <laughs> I, I, I don't, thankfully. Uh, but uh, yeah, you can you you might just roll the dice and come up 
come up empty and end up with heart failure. Not not a great feeling, man. Uh, well, I don't want to bum anybody out with that, though. We should talk about yeah, something more so. fun before we close it. Wish him the best. Uh, I hope he starts to feel better soon and can play for people in Europe so that they can hear Big Truck and get out of my rowboat as God intended. <laughs> Uh, wanted to close the show, uh, something that I saw months ago and I forgot to bring up on the show, uh, which is, you know, mea culpa. Uh, I really should have jumped on it there. Uh, Steel Panther, you're familiar with them, right? Unfortunately. Yeah. Um, there is a video, uh, that has been passed around on like the likes of the Dr. Phil show of, uh, them partying with Casey Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to say to that. It's just, yeah, it's a thing that happened. Um, it makes sense. Steel Panther plays in Florida. It makes sense. Steel Panther plays in Florida a lot. I believe yeah. that's where she is from or lives now. They just play the skeeviest dive places. Uh, like a week or two ago, there was a headline on Blabber Mouth where it said, Chris Jericho joins Steel Panther in St. Petersburg, Florida for a cover of Hot for Teacher by Van Halen. And I'm just like, this headline keeps getting worse the longer it goes on. <laughs> just everything about this is bad. Yeah. Um, boy, I, I know that we don't really think about Steel Panther very much because they are essentially, uh, they were a cover band, like a hair metal cover band that uh, decided to uh, make dirtier lyrics uh, with quote-unquote original music, and it worked out for them. Uh, and racist lyrics. Don't and racist, yeah. They're super racist, homophobic, uh, really dumb overall band. Big, uh, big hit with the kind of people who get a kick out of that shit, though. Uh, which is to say, uh, if you have a manager at work who regularly makes you uncomfortable and you try to avoid being one-on-one with him, he's probably a big fan of this band. <laughs> And they were one of those bands that was touring during like the height of COVID. Yeah, no, absolutely. They, they it should never be forgotten about. Uh, very funny that, you know, again, their fans, a little bit older, probably not in the best health. Like you're taking money out of your own mouth, dude. Don't do that. <laughs> and just to, to build off of that, uh, their singer, Michael Starr, did an interview and they were asked about their stupid pussy melter pedal that people were annoyed about and they were asked like being canceled or surviving being canceled or whatever nonsense and he said anyway my point is people that come to our shows they know what to expect no one walks off the street and says oh that looks like a fun show i'm going to go in and buy a ticket and go i am so offended by them saying fuck or whatever people that come to our shows i don't think that's the word that people are offended by (laughs) people that come to our shows know what they are coming to they know they are coming to a show where they are going to laugh and hear some profane, politically incorrect humor. I think everyone's there for the same party. So we really haven't experienced any of that cancel culture. Our shows have been selling out on this tour, and I would like to attribute it to how great my hair looks. But it's not that it is more like people are sick of not being heard. People are sick of getting bullshitted, and they want something they can count on. What the fuck are you talking about, you old moron? 
That took a weird turn at the end. Sure did. Uh, it seemed like you were trying to make some kind of stand there, and then you completely pussied out. <laughs> like I think it's one thing to be like, people just want to party and have a good time. Like, okay, yeah. it's not it's not my party. It's not my idea of a good time. But I could at least buy into that or understand how someone like I don't know who was accused of murdering their little child may have a good time <laughs> at that place. But then to turn it around, be like, people are fucking tired of this, man. We're gonna. We're going to show those people right in their stupid faces about how it's awesome to talk about jizzing and stuff. Yeah. I don't want to say that every Steel Panther fan uh, is uh, would murder their own child, but, I mean, I'm looking at the evidence here, and it's tough to refute. <laughs> well, the one Steel Panther fan we know of has been accused of that. Uh, <laughs> um, no, it's uh, this band sucks. I wish, I wish we could cancel them, but, uh, again, that would just, you know, uh, make their horrible fans buy two t-shirts instead of one. Uh, shit-ass band for shit-ass people. Sucks ass. <sighs> uh, but, again, we wanted to get a little bit of levity here at the end of the show. Before we close things off, what do you want to let the people know? Like I said, you can go to patreon.com slash toilet of hell to listen to our monthly shows and our mixtapes. We are going to start putting in some more uh, goals to kind of get you some fun things, whether oh, it's... I got I to stop you right there. Patreon emailed me and said, hey, you can't do goals anymore. We will not allow what? any goals. I know, right? <laughs> so... So... <laughs> So we gotta go. We gotta. We gotta just come up with a number and tell people on the show. Give us this much money, and we'll do more shows. So, so what we gotta do is we gotta set up our van outside of everyone's house, <laughs> and when they're done listening to the bonus episode, they can just come out across the street and just hand us money, and we give them stickers. Essentially, yes, that's what we need to do. So uh, but you can. What's the What's the business model decision for this to not have more people offer things to encourage fans to buy and listen and become Patreons? You want to know the, the reason they gave me? They don't uh, want to pay taxes? Well, there's the, I don't want to pay taxes. That's my problem. Uh, no, the uh, Patreon told me that their studies have shown 93% of Patreons that set goals don't meet them. <laughs> and apparently they included my stupid $10,000 a month, I'll get a face tattoo as part of the evidence of that. <laughs> so uh, that's my bad. I'm sorry. I was just trying to have a LARF, uh, and I fucked it all up. So... Uh, we're talking about doing a couple of things. Uh, for example, uh, what is it? Shibi? Shibi? Yeah, we're considering, depending on whatever we decide to do, little chibi stickers of us that you can have uh, if we reach some sort of random number goal. I think that would be fun. Um, maybe some more Toilet of Hell logo stickers, possibly a Discord chat where we could all jump in one day a month and just have fun and chat it up. And, of course, more bonus podcast episodes. Yeah, that's that's ultimately, I think, the thing that people uh, would like uh, the most, and that's why we need to make some more money to do it, because it takes a lot of time to do this shit. <laughs> so um, we will uh, firm that up without the help of Patreon. Thank you so much, you assholes, uh, and give you more info as we have it. So, again, thanks for sticking with us, uh, and there's more good times to be had 
and higher audio fidelity starting next week. God damn it. I'm so sorry about this one, everyone. <laughs> we powered through it. You did okay. It's still better than, again, those early episodes where you were recording with a sock on top of your microphone. I thought it would work. It did not. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye.
You are listening to 66.6 FM Radio TOVH The Flush